just food as fuel alone is something that a lot of us weren't taught as kids to think about how food makes us feel. That's a powerful lesson right there. Hi, I'm Maria, otherwise known as the Fit Foodie. I'm a chef, holistic nutritionist, author, inventor, and mom. And I want to welcome you to my podcast. It's called Recipes for Your Best Life. And with every episode, I'm peeling back the onion on fitness, nutrition, health, wellness, and family. The truth is, you're the chef of your life. And for every important pillar, there's a great recipe worth sharing. So every week, we'll explore them together. Think of it as food for thought that you can really sink your teeth into. So join me and let's squeeze the joy out of this life because you only get one. Can I get a fork, yeah? Chicken nuggets, pizza, hot dogs, french fries. Am I reading from a children's menu? Man, why do we have to dumb our kids down? This is not what we need to be teaching them. What we need to be teaching them is how to own their health through food. And it starts in the kitchen. I am so fired up about this subject because when we imprint our kids the right way, then we make healthy adults because your taste buds get cemented pretty much by the time you're five years old. So if you're eating a bland palette of brown food with no color in sight, guess what? You're going to be a boring eater. As an adult, it doesn't have to be that way. And Katie Kimball, who is a leading voice in healthy kids cooking, is here with us today to talk about the subject. She's dedicated the last 11 years of her career to helping families restore the health of their kids. And it happens one kitchen at a time and one bite at a time. She's a cookbook author. She's a certified stress mastery educator and a regular contributor to the subject. And she shared her journey to real food and natural living for 11 years with her business, Kitchen Stewardship. That's a blog that helps families stay healthy without going crazy. As a parent of four children herself, she created this class because she saw the need. She created the Kids Cook Real Food e-course and helps other parents teach their kids to cook and at the same time build family connection in the kitchen and supercharge kids' confidence and creativity. Friends, I have dedicated a lot of my time in my career to volunteering and helping kids along the path too, and I've seen it with my own two eyes. I see what can happen when you empower kids to get involved. It is life-changing, and it is Survival Skills 101. So I hope you enjoy this episode. I think you'll get a lot out of it. Even if you don't have kids, make sure to share it with someone who does, because there are real nuggets here that will help to change people's lives for good. Let's listen. Katie, it's so nice to have you on. Thank you for your time. Oh, it's a pleasure to be here. Thank you, Maria. So I have a very special place in my heart for teaching kids how to eat well. And I think that this is probably one of the most important survival skills that we can impart on the next generation. How did you get started in this realm? What, what kind of led you here? 
Yeah, well, I'm an elementary teacher by trade. That I always knew I wanted to be a teacher when I grew up, uh, but I only taught third grade for two years before coming home to be a mom. I, that was also, always knew I wanted to do that. Um, and by the time I had four kids, four, life was wow. like getting busy and filling up. And um, I had been, I had actually been blogging at Kitchen Stewardship, teaching families how to stay healthy without going crazy. Kind of that balance between your budget and your time and your nutrition and just how to meet in the middle and keep your sanity. And my oldest, Paul, was 10 at the time in fourth grade. And he had to do a how-to speech at the end of the year, like teach his class anything. So I'm like, maybe you could do food. <laughs> and he, you know, he taught them homemade guacamole, which had sort of been his signature dish since first grade. The one that, you know, all the aunties and uncles at Potlucks were always like, oh, Paul, that's so amazing. You made the guac. And um, I, I had a moment while I was watching him with the chef's knife doing some awesome stuff in front of the fourth grade, fourth grade classroom where I thought, oh my goodness this is the only recipe he knows. Like I, that means I have fallen off the job and I haven't taught him anything in four years and one cannot live on guac alone. So I decided like I've, I've missed the boat this summer. We're going to teach all my kids. Well, one of them was eight months. So we're going to teach my three older kids cooking skills. And I kind of used my education degree to make it into a curriculum so that things were logically connected and skills looped back in for practice opportunities, you know, and really developmentally appropriate for the different age groups I had. I had a preschooler in early elementary and upper elementary at the time. And so that was like, that was our big summer project. And uh, I knew I'd heard from a lot of moms in my audience, they would say all the time, like, Katie, this is hard. I really want to be healthy. I'm highly motivated, but I was never taught to cook. Mm. So yeah, and I was going to say, how did you, so being a teacher, obviously that, that comes with understanding how to impart a skill and a curriculum would make so much sense. But how did you find the cooking skills to be able to convey that? Was that something that you grew up with? Did you go to cooking school? Kind of, how did you decide to gather that information? You know, I'm mostly self-taught. My mom did from scratch cooking more than many in the 80s. She made her own homemade bread for special occasions. Good job, um, mom. Was, well, yeah. Um, <laughs> but she also did a lot of cream and mushroom soup and, you know, canned vegetables. So I didn't have like the vegetable knife skills background, but I had a little bit of, you know, how to make my own chicken stock from the beginning. And then I'm, I'm just self-taught, which sometimes helps. Like sometimes if you're, you know, classically trained, the way that you know how to explain things is a little too high level for someone who's starting at square one. So mm -hmm. I think I have that benefit of like, I, you know, I kind of, I've been there. I've been there very recently where I didn't know what I was doing. So it's a little easier for me to sort of break it down into the, the most basic ways to explain things. Yeah. Um, and, and with kids, obviously, you know, you have to, you have mm -hmm. to, a lot, and a lot of it is show and tell, showing them what to do and having them mirror that. What, what happened during that summer? What did you find during your, your foodie boot camp of your kids? What, what entailed you know, during that period and what did they come away with? Well, first to give you the vision, um, I know that one of my weaknesses is that if my commitment is only to myself, I'm not very good at keeping up on it. So I let each of my kids invite a friend. So oh, there were awesome. six children Great in idea. my kitchen. <laughs> that because I needed those other so families. More fun with me. friends too. 
It was, you know what? And that's a huge motivation factor for sure is the social aspect for my kids and then just the accountability for the other families for me. So we, I think we got together like once a week and there were definitely some fails. I think one of the funniest ones was I was teaching um, just, you know, the preschoolers, like the four and five-year-old, how to make a colorful salad. So we, we include little science nuggets. And I was talking about how different colors of vegetables give you different superpowers, you know, support your health in different ways. And I had all these different salad components prepared for them and laid out on the table. And I sort of gave them instruction, like how to make the salad and went away to help the older kids. And when I came back, the salad was beautiful, but it had these, the big, like long stems of cilantro across the top because I had forgotten to explain like that you take the leaves off the cilantro. So that was just, I mean, it's minor, but that was one of my many reminders of like, you you literally have to explain everything, right? The preschool crowd, especially like they're coming in with no knowledge whatsoever about the world. And so that was, it was really good for me. Like they, they taught me at least as much as I taught them. So, and that's such a great, you know, and by the way, adults are the same way. I mean, if somebody hasn't had any experience in the kitchen and hasn't seen it done, you still need to take that time. So I think it's amazing that they were even able to take direction and assemble it. But Mm -hmm. what did they, I'm curious how they felt. Did they feel empowered? Were they excited? Did they feel like it was drudgery? Like, what was their emotional state after going through that experience? Sure. I think everybody had fun. You know, I mean, we got to close the summer by the time I was getting through this. And again, thinking about all my readers saying, like, I was never taught to cook. And I thought other families need this. Yeah. You know, because if we're not comfortable in the kitchen as the adult generation, we're not passing it on to our kids. So we, we finished the summer by like f- professionally filming the course. So I feel like my kids probably aren't the best example because of course they were like excited to do that. That was a big deal. Um, but now we've had 12 or 13,000 families go through our program. So wow. I like their stories even better. Um, so like one member, LaVon taught nine kindergarten children knife skills. So she is a true hero. And she even let them use chef's knives to cut raw chicken. So you can only wow. imagine that these kindergartners felt like on top of the world, right? <laughs> they it's were incredibly empowering. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, first of all, she is one brave soul. Right. And <laughs> second of all, I think, you know, when I have done classes with kids, I'm always fascinated by how just excited they are, you know? And I think there's something very empowering when a child, you know, I did a little class with a two and a half year old and we made gnocchi. And after she was forming it, she was like, look, I did it. I did it. And I just thought that was the cutest thing. Like she is here, she is creating something. And that truly is the essence of what we do with our food is we're, we're creative. Mm-hmm. How, did they, how did they feel about the nutritious side? Did, were there any gripes that they were eating healthy or are they just used to that because they've grown up with you? Again, true. For my own kids, we've, we've pretty much grown up eating really healthy foods. And so it's pretty normal to them. Like it's actually the opposite is the funny story is when, you know, like when my oldest was five, he came home from uh, summer school at church and said, we had this interesting snack. It was like, it was like crackers. And then there was this thing, it was kind of like cheese, but it was not cheese. 
and a red stick. And I'm like, oh my gosh, he's describing handy snacks, little cheese cups, but he's never seen them. So I, I love that he's like, but it was not cheese. I'm like, you're right. That was not cheese. So, you know, that's my kids. But we do find that, again, members eat better foods when they're involved. Um, so one story little boy who is about 10 or 11, um, the mom shared a picture because she was so excited. She said, this kid is picky, like count the number of foods he eats on your fingers, picky. Mm. And he learned to chop. So she asked him to chop a red pepper and he asked to try it. And mm. you can just hear the mom shock. So she's like, yay for cooking class. And we, we hear that all the time. We know at least 25% of our members are kids try new foods because there's, you know, there's a lot of science behind that. When you're exposed to a food, it's kind of like you're making friends with it in a way. Your senses are being inoculated with the smells and the feels and the sounds and even maybe the tastes if you lick your fingers, which kids sometimes do. And that all of that helps picky eaters be more open to trying like yeah. as well as sort of the open loop, you know, yeah. humans don't like open loops. So when you're in the beginning making something, there's something in a kid's brain that kind of makes them want to finish the job, close the loop and, uh, and eat it. So that's, it's like, it's, it's amazingly powerful. How yeah. It's involved helps. It is. And I think what we as parents and educators need to pinpoint is how do you change it up in order to make it palatable? And I know that texture aversion is a real thing. I mean, it's mm. something that I think every parent has struggled with. And, you know, I always say to parents, like, if they don't like it raw, then blend it up. If they don't like it, if they can taste it in something blended, then you've really got somebody who's got some fine taste buds. And that's usually not the case. But blending usually fixes everything. What has been your approach? And what do you find for those people? those picky kids that they will lean towards if they won't eat something. Yeah, I definitely agree with you with switching up the presentation. My third child, John, when he was a preschooler, he was he was the no green foods kid, yeah. which was so frustrating as the healthy parent. I was like, oh my gosh, you ate everything before you were two. Um, but that's super common. A lot of parents kind of tell that story. And he ate no green foods ever. And then four years old, we visited a friend's garden and I look over and he's chowing down on raw green beans off the vine. Really? I was, like, I was like, oh my gosh, what is going on? How so cool we discovered that? that if I cook the green beans, he doesn't want them, but he would eat frozen Costco green beans out of the freezer. So there's, yeah, absolutely. Just presentation can be everything. And, and I, I mean, I fall back on Ellen Satter's division of responsibility too. Like parents need to need to understand that it's their job. It's their responsibility to tell the kids where and when you'll eat right at the table at six o'clock. It's their job to decide what goes on the table and then it's the kid's responsibility to decide if and how much they'll eat. And so there's so many power struggles at the table, right? You have to finish. You have to try this. You have to eat more or whatever. And all of those are a lose-lose situation for parent and child. So the, the best way to have win-win is to chill a little bit. Yeah. And to just allow the kids that exposure. But I think understanding the science, right? We talked about like the more exposure you have to the food, the closer you'll get. To eating it. So I usually tell parents, like, if there's a food your child doesn't like, put one bite on their plate. That's less intimidating than a whole serving, right? And you just put that one bite on your plate. Um, and then there's some other strategies. But I think that can be just, just that alone, one bite rather than a whole serving can be a game changer. Yeah, because we know that science teaches us we can change taste buds. They literally turn over every couple of weeks. So sometimes it's just introducing a few bites. And even in my book for adults, I have a taste bud reset because if, if it hasn't been 
impressed on you by the time you're five, that whole range of taste buds, then you're probably not going to like healthy foods. And so you have to retrain your body um, to understand that. And um, Dr. Daniel Amen, who I worked really closely with, says we have to be the frontal lobe for our kids. You know, we have to be the brain for them because they're not there yet. They can't make those decisions that make sense. Do you ever spend time on just connecting the nutrition side to the food and helping them understand why they're doing it? I do. Yeah. I'm totally a science geek at heart. So like in the official classes, each of them includes a daily nugget, which is like just a little kind of 60 second, you know, science shout out. Um, So like I said, we talk about different colors, have different superpowers. We talk about, um, I like to tell parents, think about what your kids love to do, right? Do they love soccer? Do they love like singing or drama? Do they love reading and like really using their academic brain? And then use that to teach them about how the food is their fuel, Mm -hmm. right? So we can talk about maybe how whole grains and legumes are going to give them quick energy for that soccer game or, you know, which foods are really good brain foods like salmon and flaxseed and stuff like that and how, how to get that balance and how they're all create, you know, a little bit different in the way that they help us. But I mean, I think just, just food as fuel alone is something that a lot of us weren't taught as kids to think about how food makes us feel. That's a powerful lesson right there. Have you ever wondered, is rinsing my produce with the water that comes out of the sink that I don't even drink enough to really clean it, well then you're one of the smartest people I know. Because you're absolutely right, it's not enough. That's why we created the only all natural and patented line of food wash and wipes. And it's called Eat Cleaner. It's tasteless, odorless, and lab tested. And it removes up to 99.9% of the residue that water can't, including pesticides, wax, soil, and junk that can carry bacteria that can really make you sick. Plus, we formulated it to help extend the shelf life of your fresh produce too, and that'll save you money. When your berries are lasting up to 10, 12 days, you know that's a good thing. It helps your produce last up to five times longer using a natural blend of fruit acids and antioxidants. So there's no chemicals, it's just clean, eating, fun. And this can help save your family an average of over $500 per year. Make it easy on yourself, reduce waste, and get that fruit and veggies into your body, where it's gonna do you a lot of good and not in the trash. Check us out, eatcleaner.com, or head to our Amazon store at amazon.com forward slash eatcleaner. Definitely. And I think, you know, you're educating not only the kids, but their parents, because ultimately the parents need to be on board in order to support everything that you're teaching. How, how has that transformed families? Because I, I feel like the lesson here is so relevant for not only, you know, not only for the kids, obviously, but for the whole family's lifestyle where a family may have never had that exposure before. Oh, for sure. My favorite story um, is Lori Rose, and she gave me permission to share this. So she's, she's a PhD. She's like an herbalist and gardener, so super smart. But they just got into this bad rut that she and her husband had never planned, and they ate out 
a lot. Mm. So they had their, you know, come to Jesus moment. She and her husband were like, oh, we have to stop. So they announced to their two girls who were like six and nine at the time, we're going to do a 30 day, no eating out commitment. Mm-hmm. And mm. the children lost it. Like, <laughs> massive meltdowns. Oh, really? Yes. And so the first day that they made, they had to, you know, they made this meal together. And because they ate out so much and but had like such high standards, the kids had really amazing palates. So the first meal was sushi. Mm. And they, they made that at home. And all the kids had their different, you know, skills that they'd learned in the course that they could do. And um, she said, everybody ate everything. They were all totally shocked it was better than eating out. And just that experience alone of cooking together got everybody on board. with the Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but my, you just got me excited because oh. <laughs> my daughter was just asking for sushi. She's 18 and she's got an amazing palate. We were dropping off some packages yesterday to ship uh, of our product. And she's like, mom, I am just craving sushi so bad. I'm like, well, let's make it because uh-huh. I don't want to, I just feel we, like, I don't want to order anything raw right now. You know, yeah. oh, I mean, yeah. we're in a, a difficult time right now. So we're going to make sushi this week. And that like got me excited that you said that, that they were excited about it and that they ate yeah. everything. That's so cool. Yeah. So, I mean, there's something to be said about family connection, you know, like there are a lot of crazy benefits, good benefits to teaching kids to cook that I didn't see coming. For me, it was very practical. Like my kids need life skills. I want to feel confident when they leave at 18 that they will not like lose all these habits I've created because they don't know how to do it for themselves. You know, I wanted their lifestyle to be sustainable, real food. And, um, and then, and then we realized that stuff like that, like connecting as a family in the kitchen makes that whole family culture healthier, not only physical nourishment, but also we know that that connection with other people, especially like child to adult is mental health protective. A hundred percent. And doing that around healthy food. It's amazing. Right now, more than anything, I mean, we're in the middle of a pandemic and it's something that comes, you know, every hundred years. Like if you really think about it, we're witnessing something that is unprecedented. And at the same time, it is really frustrating for a lot of people. You know, Mm -hmm. it's, um, it's kind of uncharted territory and kids are at home a whole lot more. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think parents are probably equally as challenged and frustrated as the kids are, what would you say kind of protecting them or arming them with this kitchen wisdom, if you will, will do for them? And how can we use this time, this unique time to really strengthen that muscle? Um, Mm -hmm. Because I think it is, it's a life hack that they will, they may not understand how important it is right now, but man, it will make a difference because I know my best childhood memories were the ones that were around the table. Absolutely. People all the time, when I tell people what I do, like if I meet someone new and I say, oh, like I teach kids to cook and they go, oh, wow, that's really interesting. And then usually within a couple of minutes, I hear a, a history story. I hear a story of cooking with their grandma or they whip out their phone and show me a picture of something their kids have made in the past month. It's uncanny mm. the way that, that those connections happen. And like, so I, I do, I thank you for that question because this this is a, a unique time. It's tumultuous, it's uncertain, and it's, it's very difficult, I think, mentally. And so I really want to look for silver linings in my own family. I want to encourage other families to look for silver linings. Like 
what are those things that you've always said, I don't have time to do this. Mm. And for a lot of families teaching their kids to cook, I mean, I hear that all the time, like, Katie, this is a great idea and it's totally a goal I want, but I just cannot find the time, right? We're going to soccer every day at six. Yeah. We got all this, all this homework. And I know some families, man, if parents are still working full time at home and the kids are doing online school, they don't actually have extra time. But, but some families are finding that they have a little bit of wiggle room, right? A little bit well, of breathing room so that it's a wonderful time to get those kids in the kitchen. And, you know, we're, we're going to write their history. We're gonna well, and you, may, you, make it, you make it easy for parents because you have an online course. Can you mm -hmm. share a little bit about how that works? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, that's, I, my goal is to help parents not have to think too hard because our brains are, are taxed in normal times. They're even well, more bless, taxed now. Bless you for that. Thank you. <laughs> we all need that. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, so like I've done the work of breaking what is cooking right down into over 30 basic building block skills and how do those skills logically interconnect and what's developmentally appropriate for your preschoolers, your early L, your upper L. Um, so all that thinking has been done. And then one of my big focuses was that I, I wanted the lessons, which again, they're all video. So that's another thing parents don't have to do. You don't have to be 100% confident that you can demonstrate something right because my kids and I will do that for you. But I really wanted it to be about the skills, not the recipes. I, I think I see too many in-person kids classes where they're, they're just going to teach you how to make one, two or three recipes. Mm. And the kids come home and they love that and they feel good and they can make those one, two or three recipes again, but that's not going to expand onto cooking all the recipes in the world, right? So we focus on the skills, which also makes it really allergy friendly because if you're, you know, if you're learning the skill of, well, like one, we teach how to read and follow a recipe correctly so mm. that we don't have the Pinterest fails for our kids. Um, we teach working at the stove and flipping. And so if I'm making something, you know, with the flipping skill that the child doesn't like, or you don't have the ingredients in your house and you don't want to go to the store right now, you can use all sorts of recipes, right? To teach that skill of flipping. So it's not about the food as much as it is about the skills, and that makes it very flexible for families too. So it's focused yet flexible. And I love that. I love that you're teaching skills that they can then apply because that's how, you know, that's how cooking school actually works. You don't just start cooking. You understand, you know, you start with food safety and you yeah. learn how to process and chop and um, it, it really knife skills, like all of those fundamental things come first before you ever actually start cooking. Mm -hmm. Um, what, what are the skills that you find that maybe are the most challenging to teach and which ones come a little bit easier for kids? Hmm. That is a good question. I, I think fear gets in the way for some parents and some kids. So like knife skills and stove and oven safety for some families, it's their favorite. It's what motivates the kids, you know, the kids who are more adventurous. But for kids who are naturally more timid, those are the ones that are the most oppressive. You know, I've had parents tell me, oh, like, I haven't been looking forward to the, the stovetop safety lesson because my child is so nervous, mm. so scared, you know. But again, we, we break that down and we do a whole bunch of training while the stove or oven is off. So for the oven, and this is a great tip anybody can use if you've got a, you need a, you need to be a little bit older child, I think, to do the oven because things are heavy going in and out. Sure. So you got to have enough literal physical strength. But um, we, we have the kids practice with oven mitts and cookie sheets and 9 by 13 pans with the oven off. 
Oh, that's a great idea. And well, I mean, it's I, so simple, but it makes them feel comfortable. I think it's a great idea. And I think, to be honest, I think some of that fear that you're talking about is probably the parents' fear just imparting on the kids because they've heard, don't touch the stove or don't touch that knife when, Quite possibly. you know, it, it, it's more about how to handle it. So what, what do they like best? What, what do you see? Where do you see them lighting up in terms mm. of skills? Totally the knife skills. Every time I ask, every, every year or so, I think, well, maybe maybe things have changed. Maybe there's a new favorite lesson. Every time I ask members, which one's the best? They're like knife skills. Um, I think because it's so practical mm. right away. So we have, I mean, eight of our 32 videos are actually knife, various knife skills, but, you know, the foundation is the 10 minute knife skills and safety class. And, you know, parents will say, we did this one class and already I have helpers. Mm. Already they can, you know, just they learn, we teach four ways to hold the knife, three ways to hold the food, and, uh, and they can use those in so many different situations right away to, to be able to see that success and know that they're doing something, you know, a little adult, right? A little grown up, kids yeah. love that feeling. Is this something that they can do on their own? Like, can kids watch this and then come, you know, I'm just thinking like, again, in our current situation where parents are busy right now, um, is this something that you can, of course, you can have your kids watch and not necessarily be watching with them? Yes. A lot of parents ask me that one too. And it, it really depends on the age of the child. So that your four-year-old, no, <laughs> I wouldn't yes. recommend it. Yeah. You know, but if someone's maybe 10 and up, and especially if they have a, a little bit of kitchen experience already, then I think they could. But I always have to say, like, the adult really should be in the room with half an ear on the video and, ha you know, a little bit of supervision because we are, I mean, we are talking knives and fire. So I, I say it all the time, like, it's so much easier to learn it right the first time than to change a bad habit. Yes. You know what I mean? And it's sure. easy for kids to just do something a little bit wrong and get a bad habit with their knife hold or whatever. Um, so I, I do like parents to be there, but I don't think it has to be, you know, fully focused 100% of the parents' time. Yes. And I, and I think, you know, really, I think this is a great thing for everybody to watch together because mm -hmm. like we said, you know, most people haven't gone through the proper training. So being able to refresh, you know, or sharpen their skills, no pun intended, is really, a, it's a welcome thing. And I think it's just another part of the bonding. You know, for your kids, you're, how old are your kids now? Sure. I've got a five-year-old kindergartner, eight-year-old, 11-year-old, and a 14-year-old freshman in high school. So we've got like <laughs> all the ages. You've like got the, the range. Yeah, <laughs> yes. you've got the range. So, so are they, do you notice like one child maybe leaning more towards wanting to help you more than a, the other? Or how is it kind of shaken out in terms, because that's definitely, even though both of my kids like to cook, I feel like one volunteers more. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yes, they're, they're all very different. Um, my five-year-old kindergartner sort of needs a motivation. Like if he knows that he'll be on Instagram or get paid for his time or something because of my business, he's into it. My eight-year-old, I think, does it for connection with me. Like if mm. he's feeling a little lonely, he'll wander into the kitchen and say, do you need anything, mom? Which I know just melts my heart. Yeah. Um, my 11-year-old is my only girl. So I've got three boys and a girl. So Leah is definitely the cook in the family who's the most passionate about it. She's the one who will get on Pinterest, choose her own recipes. She has kept us, I mean, we've been at home for four and a half weeks now out of school, and she has kept us well stocked in homemade snacks 
and treats and, you know, baked goods, not always like dessert baked goods, but breads. And um, she's very busy in the kitchen often. And so that's sort of her cathartic escape, I think. Mm -hmm. She likes to do that on her own. Um, And then my oldest son, he's very practical like me. So this is my freshman. He's a boy. So I think he really sees it as an investment in his future and and a way to help the family. Like he doesn't really complain when I ask him to help. Um, And he actually, he's got a story of his own in a way because he and five, she and four friends have a cookbook by Kids for Kids coming out in May. What? That's so yeah. cool. Yeah. So he's taken it to, you know, become a little entrepreneur with it, which I love. That's amazing. And, and uh, you know, I think, again, like these skills that you're teaching are life skills, mm-hmm. especially now, I think more than ever, you know, being able to feel independence in the kitchen and understand how to take whole foods ingredients and assemble them rather than just a box or a package and following the directions, there's so much more creativity and empowerment in there. And it allows you to dive more deeply into what your body needs and address that. Do you think, I'm curious about your opinion because there's been a lot of um, contradictions out there, which is, I find kind of disheartening, but do you feel that you can boost your immunity or protect your immune system by your food choices? <laughs> that is such a pertinent question in these times, isn't yes, it? It is. Um, oh, people are just being so careful to say, I think most of the news stories are saying there's not one magic pill, but it sort of comes across as saying nothing will help. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm a huge proponent of giving your body the best fuel possible. Um, I think it's, it's almost ridiculous to say that food cannot possibly help, right? That someone who's living on French fries, chicken nuggets, and Coca-Cola is going to have the same sort of um, fuel or weaponry against a virus than someone who's eating vegetables and legumes and, you know, fasting or giving their body like time to be hungry and time to be nourished. It doesn't make sense in my brain at all to say yeah. that food doesn't matter. So absolutely, I think I think that we need to get lots of vitamins and minerals from food and and feed our gut bugs, keep our gut healthy with prebiotics and probiotics. And yeah, we are so on the same page. I love it. You're speaking my language. <laughs> yeah, for everybody listening out there, please don't listen to the noise. You know, to say that there's nothing that you can really do is ridiculous. It puts you as a sitting duck. Yes, you need to get a wide variety of fresh produce. You need nutrients. You need vitamins. You need protein. You need slow-burning carbohydrates for sustained energy. You need all of that. And um, this time is no different than any other time. And um, Katie, I think what you just said is so spot on. Like, Don't tell me eating a diet of chicken nuggets and french fries is just going to put you in the same place as somebody that's eating fresh vegetables and lean protein every day. That's just not, it just, it's, there's no logic there. Mm -hmm. And so as we come to wrap up our time together, is there one dish that has become sort of like the signature dish, or I know that you're teaching skills, but Mm-hmm. I'm I'm sure that there are some things that kids walk away from or maybe something that you love teaching. Are there certain dishes that you love or one signature dish that you have that you would love everybody to try? You know, it's funny. It really comes full circle with the fact that homemade guacamole is the one that my kids will fight over. I say, Who's, who will make homemade guac? And like 
all three of the older ones, me, baby. <laughs> so that, for whatever reason, that's, that's definitely our family's central. I know my older kids, uh, they cook dinner once a week completely on their own. They have to plan it. I've learned that it's better for me to stay out of the kitchen entirely because I give too much advice and it's not helpful mm. <laughs> psychologically for them. Yeah, um, well, that's great. They can be that independent and doing it from A to Z. Oh yeah. I mean, and that's a huge benefit too for parents listening. Like if you're trying to get a little time back, it yeah, it takes an investment like any part of parenting, like most things that are worthwhile in life. But I definitely get paid back in breakfasts and snacks and, you know, one full dinner a week plus sous chefs otherwise. So they, they make one dinner a week. One of their favorites is a cheeseburger soup, um, which is perfect for these times because we like, we just use one pound of ground beef and then we add like some beans to sort of bulk it up and lots of those long lasting vegetables like celery and carrots and turnips and potatoes. Um, so yeah, I've been writing a lot recently about about how you can extend your grocery shopping trips, right? What are the veggies that will last longer than a week? Cabbage is my best friend right now. <laughs> yes, I, I am so down with that cabbage and celery and, and the hearty root vegetables mm -hmm. that will hold up literally for a couple of weeks. Um, is, if, if there's one thing that you feel this transition just in your career has taught you, about yourself, what what is that more for the the parents listening that may be thinking, well, you know, I did this, but maybe I want to do something else. Do you mean like going to teaching kids to cook online? You mean from yeah, yeah, the just taking your your classroom education and turning it into more of a culinary career. I am. Um, it. I feel like it's more of being an entrepreneur for me. And I have been doing this for 11 years online and I always feel every year, like if I have to tell someone how long I've been doing it, it's like, wow, I've been doing this 11 years, but I still feel like a rookie, mm. which is good and bad, right? It's good for your brain to always have to be learning new things, but there's a part of me that's like, oh, I'm so tired of having to pivot and shift all the time. So I know it's good for me, but um, yeah, just I think with teaching kids to cook, I've learned that I'm tenacious because nobody's walking around going, oh, I wish I could figure out how to teach my kids to cook and I'm just looking for a class, right? Like I'm not, yeah. I have to start at square negative one and say, all right, parents, listen, this is why this is so vitally important and just like pour my passion out and really convince people first that yes, you need it, then help them find the time, which is again, the silver lining of this quarantine, right? There's not as many excuses and then move into finally like the actual teaching. So there's, it's a been a, it's been definitely a process, but, but I'm hoping, I'm hoping that more parents are feeling like the urge to teach life skills right now, just because you're at home all the time. And I mean, number one life skill, the one you'll use every single day is cooking. Amen. Yes. I love that. I love that. Well, you are doing it and uh, a good entrepreneur pivots all the time because yeah. they have to survive. So I know that very well. And uh, I just really appreciate all of your practical advice and skills. And, uh, and where do you hang out the most? We'll have all of your links in the show notes, but if people want to come and find you and follow along, where do you like to hang out the most? Uh, for sure. Well, I think the, the most real is Instagram. That's where you'll see you know, just un, unedited fix of kids and my, my kids in the kitchen and what we're really doing and me admitting from time to time that like, I don't really want them in here right now either, but I'm going to do it anyway. <laughs> um, so yeah, Instagram's the most real for sure at Kids Cook Real Food. Kids Cook Real Food. Awesome. 
Katie, thank you so much. And I can't wait to show your class to everybody. I'm excited to see it. Thank you. That's great. Well, you know what, um, Maria, I would love to give that knife skills class that I mentioned, the 10 minute class. Can we do that as a freebie for your audience? Oh my gosh, that would be amazing. And everybody should take a good knife skills class. How can they redeem that? Cool. Yeah. We'll, we'll make a special link for you at kidscookrealfood.com slash your first name. Okay. Maria, and that'll be there. And that's good. You know, ages two to 12, we teach the same holds because I want there to be a continuum from butter knife to chef's knife. So it works for all ages. I love it. Okay. We'll post that in the show notes too. Everybody grab that free 10 minute knife skills class. I'm sure all the adults out there could use a refresher too. Awesome. Katie, thank you again. Yes. Thank you. Hey, thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. I know you have a lot of choices out there of what to listen to, what to watch. So it means a lot to me that you're here with me. And hey, if you love this content, would you hit the subscribe button? I want you around. I don't want you to just show up for one episode and leave. I want you here, part of the conversation, a seat at this table. And while you're at it, would you share this with your friends and family? And if you take a screenshot and share it on your social media with a hashtag RFYBL for recipes for your best life, I'll make sure to personally give you a shout out and you may just be featured right here on the show. So until next time, here's to living deliciously and being the chef of your best life.